Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be discussing the latest episode of Star Wars Rebels titled The Call. But first, as normal, we have a couple of announcements, and in this case, a fairly big announcement. So, Yeah, so uh, this isn't isn't exactly a surprise for those of you who are following production and, and all the, the, the leaks and rumors and stuff, but... Uh, today, Lucasfilm officially announced that principal photography has begun on Star Wars Episode Eight. Uh, it was announced through a really cool video that was um, <clears throat> and a press release that was published online. But the the video is really cool. I mean, you get, you see uh, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely go do that. But you, you see uh, Mark Hamill. First, you see actually uh, Skellig Michael, uh, the island you see at the, at the end of the last film, uh, The Force Awakens. You see uh, Skellig Michael, and then you get a close-up of uh, of Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, and then we see Daisy Ridley again start to you know pull out her lightsaber and hand it to Luke, uh, all from different angles than what we saw in The Force Awakens. Almost like it's you know probably new footage, or footage that was shot. You know, I think I think the the rumors this footage was shot back in September, or something mm. like that. But uh, anyway, uh, and then you know it just shows eight V I I I and. Uh, and um, Ryan Johnson saying, okay, we've started production, and everybody clapping, and that was about it. Very, very, very short, but very, very cool to see. Uh, and with that announcement, they also confirmed the cast. Everyone's coming back, uh, as well as uh, they now officially confirmed uh, Benicio Del Toro, as well as uh, Laura Dern from, um, I think she, she was in... Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yeah, she was in yeah. Jurassic Park. Yeah, and then uh, newcomer Kelly Marie Tran. Uh, they will both be playing new characters in this film. And then, of course, a bunch of bunch of people that worked with Ryan Johnson uh, in, in the past and, and the production side of things, uh, which we don't need to probably call out here. But um, You can yeah. go to the Facebook page because we have a link on that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's, it's really cool to see they, they've begun – Episode eight is now filming, and uh, it's—I can't wait. Two years away. I can't. Two, wait. two years just, away. Just under two. Just under two. But in the meantime, we have Rogue One. Well, yeah, Rogue One's yeah. coming. <clears throat> so, um, so, the, so that, that's the big piece of news. Uh, we also got two new TV series announced this week. Before you get too excited, um, these are the more uh, entries in the Lego. Star Wars series, which are you know we've always enjoyed, but um, I think the quality has has been hit and miss. As you know, the mm-hmm. original Lego um, Star Wars episodes were fantastic. Uh, I think they were not as good recently, um, but now we have two new t- two new TV series. One is a regular series called um, Lego Star Wars: The Freemaker Adventures. It follows um, this new Freemaker family in this, this fun-filled adventure comedy set between Empire and Jedi. Uh, I'm very curious to see if they go more of a serious route with Lego characters or if mm-hmm. it's still, you know, lots of um, jokes and uh, kind of playing off of the Star Wars tropes. Um, I would so, assume the latter. But... Yeah, I, I think so as well, too. since it's the Lego brand. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting that they're also going with brand new characters, and, and it sounds like trying to tell a story. So, you know, the the story we got with um, oh now now I'm blanking on it. The uh, the most recent one. Are you looking had... at the droid one or? Yeah, the droid one or the one with the clone. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that anyway. was somewhere between. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, that, that one they tried to tell a story with that, but it was with existing characters, and it was really. Kind of a, a goofball story, definitely not meant to be serious. Uh, before you ask, I doubt these will be canon. I would but, assume not. You know. That being said, also announced the New York Toy Fair uh, a number of new Star Wars Legos, a couple of which mm-hmm. come from the Freemaker saga. So, yep. so yeah, I mean, they, you know, they, it might be that they actually will just use the Lego format to tell canon stories in a more serious format. So, not really sure. Uh, also airing tonight. Um, is the first episode of The Resistance Rises, another LEGO Star Wars series. And this one is based on uh, characters and situations from The Force Awakens. Um, and uh, so that one actually airs tonight on Disney XD, the first installment. The, the Resistance Rises, I think that's going to be one of those series that kind of you get this an episode every few months and it's not super reliable. The Freemaker mm-hmm. Adventures, I think, sounds like it's going to be more weekly. Yeah, I think that's more of a TV, uh, almost like the episodic TV. I would say along the lines of Rebels, but more so in the Lego universe. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited yeah. to see Makes sense. what they do with these. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm all for you know seeing our our favorite characters from the Force Awakens, and uh, the new show sounds interesting too. Mm-hmm. So, Gives us more stuff to watch. Exactly, exactly. So with that, Tom. Why don't you tell us uh, what we'll be reviewing uh, tonight? Okay, well, tonight we're going to be reviewing Rebel Season 2, Episode 13, The Call. This was written by Bill Wilkoff and directed by Matt Zwier. Uh, The synopsis for the episode is, while on a mission to obtain fuel for the Rebel fleet, the crew works to protect space creatures called Purgils from the mining operation that threatens the creatures' lives. Now, well, some of the crew works yes. to protect them. Yes, and and also part of me was uh, was thinking of an old movie that was kind of like along the lines of Free Willy because it was like we had space whales in this one. Um, I was thinking more Star but, Trek. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, no, I I agree because that's true. Star Trek: The Voyage Home. I think I went the the wrong route with this one. I <laughs> okay. No, this is actually it's a big callback to the Lando Calrissian adventures, where what are, oh, what are they called? The Staru. The Staru. Am, am I the one who remembers this? Lando oh, has yeah, his I weird quirky robot squid sidekick thing. Oh yeah. Oh, I do not remember that. It's it was one of the was it Brian Daly? Uh, I, I, I know Brian Daly did the Han ones. I thought the Lando ones were done by. Oh, now I'm trying to remember. Uh, anyway, the I, the big reveal is that Lando's companion, who's this weird squid robot thing that follows him around, is actually the infant form of some giant space whale Elmiel squid. Smith. That so, name does okay. not. Okay. No, but there you go. So well, that, that appears it's one book series I have not read. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a fun one. <laughs> I was gonna say it's hit or miss, but well, it's, it's one of those now that's legend. So, but uh, yeah, but anyway. I, We'll be talking about legends later. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, at some point. But no, no, this for this episode. I mean, the episode starts. The ghost is low on fuel. 
and they're in the middle of an asteroid field trying to find a base that is supplying fuel to the Empire. So here you have them basically floating, and Hera, she's turning off all non-essential uh, environmental controls just to try and keep some fuel in the tanks. And you could tell, and this was pretty cool, you could tell it was so cold because Kanan had a cup to his mouth, and when he pulled it away, he was blowing steam. I was a little confused, though. Like, don't you normally, like, not let it get this bad? You're supposed to, you know, you don't, like, you don't let your fuel go to empty before going to look for fuel. Well, so to be to be fair, I mean the the entire Rebel Alliance is extremely low on fuel supposedly. Um, so I could see like they they're just trying to make do and they they're actually going on this mission because they're like, "Oh, crap, we're out of fuel. We have to go now. Mm-hmm. We're using up way more. Maybe they haven't been able to find the resources for a while." So they're they're finally kind of at uh, you know, at the, the the very limit of what they can do and and that's why mm-hmm. they, they haven't refueled. I... I suppose. Okay, but, uh, but, but I did like odd. I did like Kanan's, you know, like you, how you could see the the, the breath on everyone's, mm-hmm. uh, everyone's everyone's cold breath. You could Kanan had that big cup of warm something. Uh, we know they do have hot chocolate and and, and coffee and Star Wars. Sometimes. No, we don't know that any, anymore. Well, we know yeah, Calf. Okay, I'm pretty sure Calf is still Calf is Hot there. chocolate. No, no, no. Was wait a minute. Wait a purely minute. a Thrawn trilogy thing. Wait a minute. It Wasn't is, there a mention no. of hot chocolate in one of the books? It was. It was. It was. It was in really? a recent one too. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I thought. I corrected. Wasn't it in... Oh, God, I'm trying to remember. I, I Honestly, the books are behind me, and I can't run and grab it. But anyway, Interesting. Um, even if it was Legends, I think, you know, we've seen they've pulled so much of Legends, I wouldn't be surprised if they stuck around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's an innocent little thing that could actually stick around. Yeah. But anyway, um, they never actually tell us what's in it, so the, the, the contents doesn't really matter. But yeah. uh, it was nice to kind of to, to see that, and you could even see how like they they made everyone's lips uh, purple and mm-hmm. uh, you know less less color because they they were so cold. So like, nice job on the animation there for sure. Well, I I do have one thing. Don't they have jackets? I mean, Han Solo at least had a jacket when he went to Star Killer Base. Although Tui did complain he was cold, huh. but Han Solo at least had a jacket. Tom, Couldn't these Tom, guys have had Tom. a jacket too? No, what? that would increase the production costs. I <laughs> I had to throw it out there, but. But the, the next thing I find funny, and Stephen, you kind of took my line earlier, because, you know, you've got, as the episode goes on, Ezra begins to hear this noise coming from somewhere. And I literally wanted to be Scotty in the middle of what it was, the um, uh, bounty, which was the Klingon ship going, Captain, there be whales here. I so wanted to hear that. It was... I, this was, uh, I don't want to call it a problem, but I, I wish they were not so clearly whale sounds. I, I, that I'd agree with. no distinguish, like, that was a whale. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with that, but the other thing was, Kanan couldn't hear it either. If it was that strong, now I know that Ezra has more of a connection to, we'll say beasts, animals in that category, because he proved it in other episodes. But if it was that strong... Kanan couldn't hear it as well. I mean, I can understand it was driving everybody mad with Ezra saying, can't you hear it? Can't you hear it? But Kanan could have given him the benefit of the doubt for something. Well, Kanan seemed, I actually really like Kanan in this episode because he spent the entire episode being like, I, I don't, uh, how do I describe it? Like he's playing the, 
uh, I don't know. He and Hera had the kind of lover's quarrel thing going the entire episode. You know, Hera True. doesn't want to do this. Caden's like, well, I don't know. Let's, let's give it a try. You know, if something goes slightly wrong, he's sitting in the back laughing. I, I don't know. I don't know quite how to describe it. I really liked his writing this episode, though. Yeah, yeah. No, it was... I liked... I liked... Uh, I liked Canon as well. I, I do agree with you, though, Tom. It, it was odd that only Ezra can, could hear it. I, I suspect mm-hmm. that was because, um, you know, of his connection to these creatures. Maybe maybe they're maybe making some sort of sound through the Force as well. Because, mm-hmm. uh, again, I mean... You know. Ezra is Jason Solo. Pretty much. Pretty like, okay. much. Particularly Jason Solo from the Young Jedi Knight series, where he's all nature-y and such. Mm-hmm. And this is something, actually, they even talked about in Rebels Recon, where it's like, yeah, Ezra's got you know a special innate ability to communicate with and empathize with animals and kind of the nature side of the Force. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm curious if that might be... Uh, if the connections are deeper than just in... Just the you know nature side, or is perhaps there are other connections between Jason and Ezra that might be worth noting later on? Uh, <laughs> I think we'll we'll, we'll find and, out at some point. And Kylo are a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Well, with that, that standpoint, certainly, but. without a doubt. But I thought it was interesting, like because you know, I think that's why Ezra here is don't want to hear the whale sound, and obviously the later part of the episode where he's mind melding with the whales. Uh, okay, that is was also cool a effect. Big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I thought it was really interesting. We, we, we talked about Kanan and, and Ezra a bit, but Hera in this episode had a very interesting um, opinion of the Pergil, the Pergil, the whales. Uh, the yeah, whales, the, which the, by the, the way, space whales. I don't know if the name the of space, them yet. Which by the way, yeah, space whales. Uh, fun fact: Hera accidentally. Um, calls the, the, the creatures per, per, pergils uh, mm-hmm. in the episode at the first time. Uh, but but it's actually, uh, like Jedi, it's the, the pergil is both singular and plural. So uh, you'll notice later in the episode, they all switch to using, uh, to saying just pergil. Uh, hmm. I'm not sure it's pergil, pergil. I, I, I thought it was gil, but it's, it's close know. enough. But anyway. On and, you know, they're all the same. But yeah, so that's kind of Base a... Whales. Uh, that was interesting, and I love how the episode guide actually says something to the effect of, you know, Hera messes this up, but, uh, you know, the first time she says it in the episode, but, you know, she was in the middle of a lot of things and was under a lot of stress, so, of course, you know, it's easy to, to, to mistake or something. They kind of it explain it away. Yeah, but, just explain it. But, you know, she she actually, in a kind of unhera like fashion, she instantly wants to shoot the, the Pergil, and... Uh, you know, we, we find out later that she's actually kind of afraid of them. You know, she calls them big lumbering menaces, uh, clumsy beasts. And we find out that she's even lost friends to them uh, since mm-hmm. they've caused, you know, major accidents and death in the past. Um, yeah, it makes me wonder what what she saw that that they ha- she has such a, you know, huge reaction to them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, we stuff like that happens in the real world where an animal is clumsy or annoying or gets in the way and causes problems. I don't like it's hers is even more than that. I feel. Mm-hmm. Then again, I don't know. I, I guess when you put that way, Stephen, I guess I could see like if you have a bad experience with a, with a pergil, um, you know how how you could basically write off all pergils. You know, it's just like if you know, 
uh, if someone's you know dog bites a sibling you know then they might be like afraid of dogs or not to pick on dogs but just one example of you know right yeah. this is an example um, something that you know might normally be harmless would you, you all of a sudden be very afraid of uh, well and that forward. and that makes me think like okay you know you're running with a dog thing. You're afraid of dogs. You stay away from dogs. You don't right. advocate shooting the dog. <laughs> right. Some might, but yeah, typically you well, wouldn't. No. <laughs> it's, it's considered poor, uh, poor form. Judgment. Poor shooting that. Yes. For sure. Yeah. But, and that's where I love the interaction between Kanan and Ezra and talk like, not Kanan and Ezra, Kanan and Hera. Hera's like, I want to shoot them. Kanan's like, no, let them be. They're just swimming along. And then Ezra's like, I've got a good feeling about this. We should follow them. And King's like, this will be interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great idea. Which Yeah, but but following them actually led them to where they needed to go. Exactly. Which I actually and, think was hilarious because you know, Hera's like, No, 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 I do not want to follow the, the Pergil at all. And instead she decides she wants to follow the TIE Fighters. Now we haven't talked about the TIE Fighters yet. We'll get to that just Which were fascinating. Uh, but yep. she says, No, I'm not I want to follow the TIE Fighters. And Sabine looks it up, and where are the TIE Fighters headed? In the exact same direction as the Pergil. Uh, so she's like, well, I guess we're going to have to follow the Pergil after all. Which, uh, that was actually that was actually very funny. I liked I liked Sabine's, uh, where, well, what, how did Sabine put it? Sabine put it, it was like, uh, where are they going? Uh, where we need to go, basically. <laughs> yeah. And that that's when, when Kanan does the, oh, that's so interesting comment. Uh, okay, giving, but. Giving Hera a hard time. But there's a thing at that point. It's like if that's so interesting in the way that Kanan's acting, it's like the Force connection. How is how come Ezra is the only one that can stand up and Kanan has no Force connection at that point? I took that that's so interesting is like I don't kind of an I told you so. Yes. Like okay. that sort of tone. It wasn't that it's actually interesting that the Purgles are going the same direction. It's Kanan is rubbing it in Hera's face. Yes. One hundred percent agree. And not in a not in a bad way, kind of in a loving way, I'm sure. But it was, and I told you so. Oh yeah. Uh, but, so th- so there were the Tie Fighters. What did you guys think of these Tie Fighters? They were yellow, and they had a really cool notch in the in the front of their wings. Uh, I didn't notice the notch until Rebels Recon. I felt oh, kind of bad. Okay. No, yeah, I, I, I I didn't either. Full confession. But I was watching the episode really late at night. And mm. I was exhausted. Uh, so I figured that's probably what what it was i thought it so it, i i find it interesting and i'm gonna branch out a little bit more wider here as well okay interesting in the i told so, you so way or interesting in a actually no 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 this is sorry so there's i, 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 I want to talk okay, about wait, wait, can i can i jump in it's probably interesting in an aerodynamic sort of way correct no okay there's no arrow i was about to say there's no arrow in space <laughs> but um, that they went into the atmosphere yes well anyway the, go ahead steven anyway so when the TIE Fighters first showed up, I was like, oh, interesting. Like, yellow TIE Fighters. Um, the Empire doesn't only let you paint TIE Fighters. And we later find out that they're part of the Mining Guild. And it was one of the pieces I was a little bit disappointed with in that there's a kind of a cop-out in that the Rebels are here to steal an Imperial shipment from the Mining Guild. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that the Mining Guild is evil as well. We've got the evil... You know, evil people who are shooting the animals. We've got the evil uh, overseer. Like, it was very a very black and white thing where I thought it would have been a lot more interesting at the beginning where I assume the rebels don't know anything about the mining guild station or anything, like, if they're good or bad. Just mm-hmm. that, well, we, we need fuel, so we're going to steal it. Mm-hmm. 
Like I wish that we had, they had spent a little more time. More gray area there. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, I also felt like the mining guild was not. They were very one-dimensional. Yeah, it, very. It Kill those whales. They, you know, we saw there were a couple Rodians, and there was this 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 leader. Um, what was his name? Boss Yushin. I think his name maybe gets said. Oh, I don't even know. I, I, it, On rewatching he, it, I was like, oh, I think they said his name, but it was kind of hard to make out. Yeah, he um, he seems he is definitely. You want to talk about one dimensional character? He was a very one dimensional character. In fact, yeah. he he was one of the characters where it's just like, you know what? What happens to him? Not going to jump forward. At the end, kind of fits him. Yeah, I mean, the whole time, yeah. I mean, he he they're barely in the episode, the mining guild at all, except yeah, for like, no. just people who die. And when they are in the episode, they're just shouting orders. I don't know. Uh, I was very disappointed with the, the way the the mining guild was handled. It would have been so much more interesting, yeah. too, because we've heard about the Mining Guild since the Empire Strikes Back when, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Leia asks Lando if he's part of the mi- if Cloud City is part of the Mining Guild. And he, you know, he says, mm-hmm. oh, no, 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 we're, we're too small to, you know, uh, to kind of avoid their, no- their notice. And if the Mining yeah, Guild I- was supposed to be so big, they really didn't have many people there to actually defend that base. That seemed like it was a very... Um, I mean, I understand it being an outpost, but you would have thought there would be more people, more guys there on the ground to defend what was going on, especially if that was a shipment for the Empire. Right, and we don't have to go into you know great debt. Oh yeah. On like, oh, here's the mining guild, and here's how they work. We don't need all that, but just the fact that we we didn't really know anything about them at all, and they were just, you know, a, a, an obstacle to the rebels completing their mission. Mm-hmm. And, and as Steven said, it was very convenient that they just happened to have. Um, you know this it, this mining facility there, this refinery with um, the, these these bad these bad guys that had you know imperial weaponry and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I mean, all they really needed was a throwaway line about the mining guild being the um, uh, the empire's sh- uh, like shell corporation or something like that, and that would have I think solved a lot of that those issues. It explains why they have the Tie Fighters. Why it's okay that the rebels are stealing from them, all those sorts of things. That would work for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, we get the kind of the highlight of the episode in some ways, uh, which was unfortunately spoiled in the previews, but they decide that they need to go down to the planet and get some fuel. And they can't just do the, the scoop and grab, which I believe was in the first season, right? Um, yep first season i think it's actually in the movie where they rescue the wookies yeah yes oh oh, or this the the 22 pickup you mean oh maybe i was thinking of the 22 pickup there's a 22 pickup but anyway um or you know they can't just scoop uh, fly down grab the the fuel canisters and then take off they're actually they have to land and refuel which means they have to you know somehow get protect the ghost and, and get it onto the planet um so we get this really cool scene where Sabine, Ezra, uh, Chopper, and Kanan all jump out of the ghost from the upper atmosphere, wearing pretty much nothing but Imperial helmets. And, well, uh, but one of the Imperial they, they helmets fly down uh, uh, through the atmosphere to the surface. Right, really but cool one scene. of the yeah, and one of the Imperial helmets was actually quite cool because mm-hmm. I loved it when Sabine threw it to Kanan, and it was like. Oh, Sabine had had her artistic way with it. Yeah, I, was really I cool. love the dialogue that they had. 
Like, Hannah's just like, you said you just wanted to look at it. And she's like, I did. And it looked bad. <laughs> so, of course, she decorated it like a stylized Lothcat. Just yeah, fantastic. Naturally. Yeah. But in this case, because somebody did not have a helmet, Zeb, actually, that was another funny, very, very fun throwaway line. I cannot remember what it was, but it was like, Zeb, I thought, was under the impression he was going to go on the mission. He was like, yes. uh. And then, then it was Kanan like, no, you get to stay on board. And he's like, and somebody words, yay. <laughs> No, it was, yeah, I again uh, the dialogue with Kanan and everyone else in this episode was so great. Like Kanan's like, okay, yes. so here's the plan: we're gonna jump out of the ship and you know free fall until the mining facility. And Zeb's like, that's a horrible plan. And then he's there like, you well, go. Go. And Zeb's like, oh, sounds like a great plan then. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> and then of course you know Ezra doesn't listen at all. So when they're getting ready to jump, he's like, okay, so what's the plan? Uh, you know. Um, I also speaking of nice little moments, I loved how they they sent Zeb to the back of the ship for a little while. And when he makes his way to the front of the ship again, because the power is out and they're trying to conserve power, he actually mm-hmm. grabs the doors and physically pulls them open to get himself into the bridge, which was, which was really yep. cool under the cockpit. Yeah. Uh, it was a nice touch. Yeah. But, but anyway, we, we, uh, we get this beautiful shot as, as the heroes fly down through the atmosphere, pretty much un, unaided. And the... Well, unaided, but with the cover of the Pergil with him, because exactly. that was uh, that was actually pretty cool. Because see that that was the whole running thing about this episode that was like Ezra with this connection with the Pergil, and you could tell that as they were coming down, the Pergil kind of got on both sides of the crews they're coming down, but then Ezra kind of reaches his hands out, his hand out to kind of get some kind of force connection to the Pergil next to him. So that, that was a running thing throughout this because every once in a while you got to see a little bit more of the story between the Pergo and why the Pergo were part of the story. Yeah, I feel like, though, they, they, they definitely incorporated that into the story where, you know, Ezra would reach out to the Pergo or, or look into their eyes or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like they had much of an impact, at least unless, unless it was purely used as establishing a, a relationship with them so that they would help later on. Uh, otherwise, like the fact that he was reaching out, like we didn't really learn a whole lot new aside from that one scene uh, near the end. And the yeah, but that they help him. But wasn't it when he finally got onto the platform, he put two and two together and figured out that the Purgle actually needed the the gas, which yeah. we found out later yeah. why. Yeah. So that was uh, what was the name of the, the gas? Clauson thirty six, I think it was thirty seven. Uh, I don't know, I think it was 36, 36 37, yeah, 38, somewhere around there. on 36, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, apparently they, they need to, to eat this gas because, um, and, and this is something we, we actually didn't cover earlier, there's, uh, there have, are stories that, you know, that the Pergil per were used as inspiration for light speed travel. Hera doesn't believe them, but uh, they, they apparently use this gas to, to aid them uh, whether it's just a recharge or as, as fuel, it's not, you know, at this point, the, the heroes don't really know what it's for, but they, uh, they need this, this gas and they're, they're eating it. And so that kind of throws this whole plan of Hera's into turmoil. Cause what she wants to do is, is basically blow up the gas, uh, using thermal detonators and then, uh, uh use that as a distraction for the, the ghost to land on the refinery and uh, and pick up the fuel. I feel like blowing mm. up gas is usually a terrible plan, 
especially yep, if it's so close to a refinery. <laughs> and and they were so but, low in the atmosphere, I don't think it would have gone well. Yeah. But, you know, it doesn't really matter because it never actually happens. Because mm. uh, Ezra completely fails his his force-assisted stop. Or, was it a force-assisted or was it – did he have some sort of like – No, no I think it was like, you know, if you force-push the ground, it'll okay. push you up. I'm yeah. not quite sure I buy it, but that's well, okay. It makes sense for, but Kanan did it. It makes sense for Kanan and Ezra, but I wasn't sure how Sabine. I guess she oh, Sabine, oh, Sabine used Chopper. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she was writing Chopper down. Chopper Got turned it at the and last Chopper, minute, okay, fired yeah, the retro right. rocket, and landed. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but that can, you know, because Ezra messed it up and he, you know, he falls and misses the landing platform, Kanan has to save him with the Force, completely blowing their quiet entrance. Uh, and that's where yeah. you have to start a, a yeah, mount a huge defense. Now, tell me one time this rebel team has ever done anything without blowing their cover. I mean, something always happens. Something always happens to where they, they can never infiltrate something without something going wrong. Yeah. Yep. They. I mean, I think maybe once or twice they've they've managed to do it successfully, but it's it's pretty rare for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and you know, so so Sabine ends up. She basically uh, she tries to throw the thermal detonators at gas, and Ezra grabs the thermal detonators out of the air uh, using the the force. I think was that right, mm-hmm. Stephen? Because uh, he's worried about hurting the the pergol, uh, right. which is a brilliant idea when you're trying to grab live thermal detonators. I yeah, they must not have been live because I don't think we ever actually saw them blow up. No, I think he turned them off. I I think when he pulled them back in he turned them off because i'm pretty sure she, in, yeah he put the pin back in okay yeah that that must, have been, that must have been the case yeah interesting uh, although I, I did like zeb finally realizing that because their plans always change he, he says you know well next time we'll just plan on the plan changing yeah which was uh kind of a nice joke there yeah uh and reference to the fact that everything is always always a mess so one thing about the show, there are some really good one-liners. Like, Stephen, you were saying that you've got Kanan had some good ones. Zeb had some good ones. It's a nice thing to see in this, that just the little itty-bitty things in the show that work. Yeah, this is, this was kind of another one of those filler episodes where it's just you know, yeah. telling a self-contained story that doesn't have a lot of impact on the broader the broader story or mm-hmm. you know plot or however you want to phrase it. But I, the little moments of humor, I think, are what really – I thought made this episode work. And, and I guess the other thing for me, it doesn't really move the broader story, but at least in this aspect, you see that little bit more of Ezra growing more, especially when he connects to the Purgle and you get to see that interaction of, okay, he's strong this way and he's using it for good. But where's that certain point that if there's a possibility in the future where he could turn one way or another because right now everything he's been doing has been going one direction by way of you know he's on the good side but you know not to spoil anything but when you see the previews we don't know what's coming in the future that may turn him some other direction sure yeah. i think there's a one of the things i've struggled with though over the last few episodes is that they've been all character development Mm. Um, they've like completely dropped the overall arc for the most part and done character development the last few episodes. Which... Well, I think the over the overall arc is still there. I mean, at least with this for the for I, I know it's it's pushing it with this episode because the overall arc is still they got to get the fuel to the fleet. So that is still there in the background. 
but maybe the subplot for these little filler episodes is to watch Ezra grow that little bit more in the Force. Maybe. I mean, I'm giving that the benefit of the doubt because this – I've read a, another review of this episode before we started, and I think even that review is saying this is still a good filler episode like well, the last well, episode. The and I think – yeah. Um, I do want to be careful to – there was an interesting discussion this week about how some people like, oh – you know, some people say filler when they, you know, when they, when it actually is character development. And I think character development is important, but like mm-hmm. we haven't progressed. Like, what, what's going on with uh, Vader or Ahsoka or um, Rex? The uh, Rex uh, or or Rex or the you know a lot of the big threads that are going on. Uh, I do like how we've we've kind of been building the base for the Rebel Alliance and and, and rescuing mm-hmm. people. But it's been definitely very standalone. Like, you could watch these episodes in any order, and it wouldn't really matter at all. Yeah, right. Uh, which is, is a little bit of a disappointment, I think. Uh, I mean, just going back, like, you know, we've, we've got, uh, you know, Wings of the Master with Hera trying to get the, the B-Wing, Blood Sisters with uh, Sabine discovering, uh, you know, a little bit of her Mandalorian past. Mm-hmm. Well, Zeb's episode. I mean, yeah, you can. Well, well exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a little yeah. later on. But we get Zeb's episode. We get another Sabine episode. We get a, a Hera episode next week, which I'm very excited about. But it's definitely been very one-off. I would say probably 90, 80 to 90% of the episodes this season are, are complete, so standalone that mm-hmm. you could watch them in really any order and it wouldn't you wouldn't know the, the difference, which okay, is, is a little it... unfortunate. But is it just for the sake of discussion? Is it because we have had six seasons of Clone Wars and we've seen that overall story arc? Is it possible that we're a little bit spoiled that we're not getting it with this and no, maybe this series? Well, okay, wait, wait a minute. Even Clone Wars series, jumped around a lot, like you know. You... Well, that, that's true. That's true. But maybe this series is not meant to be that way. Maybe it is meant to have a couple episodes that are standalone you can watch in any order. Especially this season. For some reason, this part of this season is meant to be that way. Possibly. I, I feel like they could they could mix it better though. Anyway, not not to delve yeah. too much into this discussion yeah. right now, but um it's one of those things I've been a little bit frustrated with this season and mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy how we're act finally getting some character development. But I think it's character development at the expense of the overall story arc instead of incorporating the character development into the overall story as well as having some of these standalones as well mm-hmm. which i think has been the, the struggle mm-hmm. so far but uh, okay but anyway um ezra and the and the rest of the rebels are trying to hold off um on the platform and defend the ghost as it, as it lands on the surface and and, and refills re- refuels refills and refills Mm. Uh, on a temporarily secure landing platform of yeah very exactly. temporary because when has a plan ever gone right and and when have they ever actually held a platform without being shot at exactly minor details yeah um yeah but what's course, fascinating on this yes. well I, I was gonna say what's fascinating about this aspect you've got ezra is manning one of the main cannons and it's like he got distracted watching the pergo going up and down and he got so distracted that he was actually shot off the platform so he could not give cover at this point, and he goes falling into the gas. Yeah, and this is interesting scene, Stephen. 
I was going to say, uh, first of all, I was starting to get confused because I didn't think the planetoid had an atmosphere. It or seemed it had... like it had some kind of atmosphere. I mean, this, I, I, I think we were coming, I know where you're coming from, Stephen, when it came to this. For me, this was a big suspension of disbelief in this episode. Ezra's got his mask off. He's trying to, you know, breathe and live. And obviously he does as, you know, the Pergo helps him. But I was a little disappointed it was so non-traumatic. Like, you just went without oxygen for a decent period of time. And you're on at least low atmosphere, which does other horrible things to your brain. Right. Yeah, so I I think they they talk about this in the episode guide a bit. You know, you'll notice there's one scene where Zeb is wearing an oxygen mask. The planet yes. does have atmosphere that is semi-breathable, but it needs to be filtered. Mm. Um, the, okay, uh, but the Rodians, the Rodians didn't have masks on, exactly. did they? Exactly. So they could they could breathe it just fine. But and um, that other guy too, that was the head, whoever of the the yeah, guild. Exactly. Yeah. But but everyone else, they did need, um, they, they couldn't breathe it by themselves, and so they okay. did need oxygen masks or a helmet. Uh, when Ezra loses his, that's why he starts to actually have trouble breathing and choking, etc. Um, cause there's, there's probably some breathable air in it, but it's not enough to, to survive at all, which is why he starts kind of losing it. Mm-hmm. I suppose I can accept that. But uh, then he has the moment where, uh, I don't really know how to describe it. He and the Pergo have their, their eyes go to hyperspace. It's the best way I could think to describe it. They I think that the is the best way. To, I guess that is the best I, way to describe it now that you said it. But it's the moment of understanding between Ezra and the Purgle where he finally understands what it is they want and need, which I don't think was that big of a surprise that they needed the gas. That was kind of obvious, I felt. But nonetheless. Yeah, it was almost like the Star Wars version of the Vulcan mind meld when you saw it, because even Ezra's eyes got blue, just like the Purgles. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even notice that part. No, he, it did. Yeah. yeah. But they, they established this connection. And then, you know, that's when, you know, all, all hope seems to be lost. You know, Kanan is, is standing with lightsaber lit on the, cock, on the cockpit of the ghost. A very cool shot. It, it was. was. It was. And uh, they appear to be surrounded and outmatched. And we get this comment, like, because of how, I will just say, how bland and horrible the boss Yushin and the, and the, and the mining guild were, uh, I, I loved how Cannon said, I can't believe we're going to lose to this guy. Yeah. This is just so random. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. that's when the the Pergil come out of the, they, they blast out of the out of the uh, the gas with Ezra riding on one of the backs of the, of the Pergil. And uh, they uh, come in and they just completely take out all of the TIE Fighters. And there was, was something else about, there was something else about them when they came out. Hmm. They must have been fully gassed up because their colors changed. Did you notice that? No. Yes, I, their, I watched their it color. Twice so far, I didn't notice the color changes. Yeah, because I noticed there was a color change to them. They weren't as I, I will say kind of dull in color, but watch it again because I swear that their colors changed when they came out of the gas after they got all gassed up. And I also thought, was there another line in there? Didn't Kanan say something to the extent of uh, Ezra's down and was it almost – I had this feeling they were almost going to leave without him. It was it was a weird line because I think yes. he meant let's leave and look for Ezra. But it could – I 
I felt the same thing. I thought he was trying to say at first, like, let's leave Ezra and just go. Yeah. Cut our losses. <laughs> Forget the kid. Yeah. Don't worry about him. It'd be horrible. Well, then there goes the series right there. Just kidding. Um, uh, but anyway. Yeah. And then this is this is the thing. After the Purgle, take out all these TIE fighters. This is the thing I love the most because I have never seen this this guy who's head of the mining guild well never seen him before until this episode actually get eaten by a pergil and i mean he just chomps him and takes it this pergil chomps down on this guy and takes him right into the mist i mean have we ever seen this so far in in an episode of of rebels or even clone wars i mean this is a kid show yeah but this is a kid show i don't think zillow beats or did Zillow Beast chomp somebody? Oh, yeah. It reminded me of the landing okay. at Point Rain episode where we had the Gene Oceans getting burned alive by fire. Yeah. Okay. It was that level, I felt. I mean, it didn't seem that... I, I guess, yeah. It, it didn't seem that bad considering he just got... You could kind of... You could see him. You, you don't actually know if he died and that sort of thing. No. He's kinda... He got chomped in half by a shark. He there you go. He was that. grabbed in the mouth, not necessarily chomped in half, and then dragged. He was grabbed. Parts unknown. Never mind the base. And pulled under. Later, but uh, he was grabbed and pulled uh, under. Yeah, it's a fitting fate for his character, though, uh, given how kind of bland he was. Like that was the most notable moment of his character for the entire episode, getting chomped by a pergil. Mm-hmm. It's kind of kind of sad, unfortunately, for. For this character, who, by the way, is based on early Macquarie concept art for the uh, Bounty Hunter in Empire Strikes Back. But, uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, the, the ghost destroys the refinery platform, and, and seemed a little bit over the top. Off. Like, you got your fuel. Did you have to blow the whole thing up? I mean, well, they, they had they to do to something. The Empire from using it. Going exactly. But it was only a single shipment from the Empire. There were plenty of other legitimate uses, I'm sure, right? I agree. Yes, it, it was probably overkill. Uh, uh, but you know what? This way, the Empire can't come back to it. Because if they left it intact, the Empire could always come back to it. I suppose. Yeah, you got to look at it that way. That is true. Uh, and, I mean, with that, I mean, the episode's basically over. The, the crew of the Ghost fly off into space with the pergil and at this point they actually see the pergil make the jump to light speed and we find out that the rumors are true they can actually do this and when they jump to light speed they have this very strange colored ring effect on their tendrils um, and the tendrils kind of stick out straight as well yeah they kind of like stick out straight in all directions and they have this like rings of light that pulse down mm-hmm. the tendrils and, mm-hmm. and they jump into hyperspace uh, which is which was interesting. And I liked Hera's joke, like, oh, let's follow the Pergil. Like, well, now she wants to do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now she's getting the newfound respect for them and, and, and their help. But, Stephen, I, I, think, I, I think you had a couple uh, questions okay. about I, the Pergil. Uh, I, I'm, like, I was a mixed feelings on this idea that the Pergil are the, are, you know, that's how the galaxy learned to travel. I shouldn't say the galaxy. People... I don't know. I want to say humans in the galaxy, but that's not right. Um, sentient beings learn. Inhabitants. Inhabitants of the galaxy. Yeah. But the idea is, Hera comments that, you know, the first hyperdrives were based on the Purgle. 
kind I, so at first I was like that's not now I, I I mean obviously this is all based on legend stuff but sure. and to some degree it's still possible because Ricotta has still been mentioned and anyway I'll get to that in a moment I don't okay sorry <laughs> I've got to like psych myself up for my little lecture now <laughs> um so I, at first, like I said, I was a little disappointed by it. And then as I started thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? I actually don't think I mind. Because my initial thought was, no, because the way this works in the Legends universe is the first hyperdrive comes from the Ricotta, um, which you may recall from Knights of the Old Republic, which was referenced just a couple episodes ago with the uh, Republic ships, or Alderanian ships, whatever they were. Um, and the, the Ricotta had, like, a force-based hyperdrive where they used the force to sense out their destinations, and that's how they powered their hyperdrive. And so when they lost their ability to use the force, they lost their ability to travel through hyperspace. And at that point, the Corell, like, a couple of different planets claim, lay uh, claim to the invention, but, like, I think it's Corellia and Duros both claim they invented the hyperdrive, thus beginning the modern evolution of the hyperdrive. And at first I was bothered by the fact that they're kind of changing that, but I'm like, you know what, the Ricotta probably learned it from somewhere, and it would make sense that a living life form that is connected to the Force would lead way to the Force-based hyperdrive. So I'm actually okay with it. That was my long lecture. And it wasn't okay. actually as long as I thought, but still. Cool. <laughs> I thought it was cool. I, I was a little hesitant. I'm actually okay with it now, because it fits within the Legends universe and makes sense. It works for me. Good. Yeah, I, I, I was very curious to hear what you thought about this, given that, you know... Uh, I have problems. It's, it's not exactly... Well, I wasn't going to say that, <laughs> but it's not exactly what we've come to expect. But at the same time, I, I you know, it makes a lot of... I think it makes a lot of sense, and it can still fit in with everything else. So yeah. mm-hmm. It's kind of a, a cool, cool idea that hasn't been discussed before. Yeah. Cool. Are we ready for ratings? I think so. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to volunteer to go first. Okay. Um, you know, there's really not much I can say about this episode. It was, it was another nice episode. Really just let's sit back, put out an episode, make it solid. You know, nothing earth shattering about it. Have a couple good one liners, have a couple story flaws. Everything has story flaws. And everything else that goes along with it. I mean, it was a nice, quiet episode. Um, I'm going to give this a uh, 6.5 Womp Rats out of 10. Um, I really have not much else to say about it. Um, And I'm going to take my 6.5 Womp Rats, and I'm going to have them riding the back of the Pergill in hyperspace. And they're going to end up having their eyeballs sucked into the back of their heads right when they go into hyperspace. That seems unnecessary, Tom. Well, Jeez. I was going to say that, and then, then you know how when you see like a dog with their mouth at a um, a fan, and you see the, the, the lips fluttering all over the place? That's what all the Womp Rats are going to be like. They're going to be smiling, and their lips are going to be like fluttering all over the place because they're traveling through hyperspace, and the eyes got sucked in because they forgot to put their goggles on. So Okay. Okay. I well, know. You know what? I gotta come up. There with... you have it. I I I've gotta come up with something better next time. That was just so bad. Yeah, Who's next? Okay. Actually, I I kind of want to go next if that's okay. Okay, go ahead. I I feel weird, but I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. I think. What? I know. Uh, this was I think my 
ideal filler episode in that it had a full story. It didn't just randomly end at the end like the last couple episodes have. Um, we had some funny, like genuinely funny moments in good writing. And while it doesn't advance the overall story in any way, I thought it was still an entertaining enough episode. Um, like I don't have anything that makes me walk away from it feeling kind of disappointed like I have in the last couple of weeks. So yeah, I think I'll have to give it a 7 out of 10 Womp Rats. But I'm here to reveal an even bigger secret. Uh-oh. The purple learned the secrets of hyperspace travel from the Womp Rats. <laughs> they did really? Oh, yeah. How do you think Womp Rats showed up on so many different planets in the galaxy? Hyperspace. That makes sense. Spoiler alert, the Womp Rats are actually the Rakata. Don't, that, don't be absurd. <laughs> That's just silly. That's okay. It's legends anyway. Um, William. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, I'll go. I think that when I first watched the episode again, I was I was very tired at the time. It was it was late at night. I was uh, I was on vacation and I've been going all day. And I got back to where I was staying and and watched it. And uh, I'll admit, I was kind of disappointed when I when I watched it. Um, I think mostly because it, it's a very it's probably one of the stranger episodes of rebels we've ever had with the just the the, the pergill and the, the you know it's basically the space whales and trying to mm. recover some gas it's um one of the more strange episodes of, of, of rebels that being said you know I, can, I agree with you tom and steven it it was definitely a uh it wasn't a bad episode by any means um and i there were sort of some nice moments and so while there was nothing necessarily big that, that you know moved the story forward, we got some nice character development. We got some nice moments. And so um, I, think, I think I'm going to get a seven and a half Womp Rats um, out, of, uh, out of ten. And, you know, rewatching it really kind of... Um, uh, I enjoyed it much more the second time I, I watched it because I was a little mm-hmm. bit more used to, to what was going on. Although I don't know, I, I say it's one of the more strange episodes, and then I remember, oh, last week's had the, the the staff that lets you travel through hyperspace to find the planet uh, Lasan uh, or Lirasan. So um, maybe I take that back about it being one of the more strange episodes. But still, it's kind of it, it. I think it felt more like Star Trek than Star Wars. Thank you. Maybe oh, that's interesting. What it was Thank you. About it. That's I can see that very much. Yes, it, it oh, was much I, more I can... of a Minus... oh, there's these creatures in space, and we don't want to harm them, and it's very much more a Star Trek feel than a Star Wars feel. Right. I can finally put my finger on it. Right, and that that's why I said I wanted to sit there and yell, Captain, there be whales here, and especially, uh, yes, as, as you can tell, I've watched Star Trek for the Voyage Home many times. Um, the part where the whale you see, the the thing that was considered the whale above the Earth. And you see that little camera move to where you see the eye, and then you see that kind of like that same mirror of one of the whales, Gracie or whoever it was. The same thing was that feeling there. The only thing missing was the Starship Enterprise. Right. So I think with that in mind, um, I'm going to give it the 7.5 out of 10, but that's the lower scores mostly because it didn't, it felt more like a Star Trek episode than a Star Wars episode. And I think that's what bothered me. Right. I finally put my finger on. It. it took me a whole episode of talking about this. To, yeah, uh, it's to do it. It makes yeah, it, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah and nothing so, against the people out there who like Star Trek. We do like Star Trek. It's just that this feels more like a Star Trek episode than and Star, Star Trek and Star Wars are very different. 
episodes. Yes, very different episodes. And uh, and this this kind of plays into that. Yeah. So so, uh, so that's that's my score. Um, now, of course, I'm sure you're all wondering, William, what about your Womp Rats? So, seven and a half Womp Rats. Um, you know the uh, on 36? Mm-hmm. You know how it's produced? Oh, God. Yeah. I'm a little, I'm afraid. Womp Rats. That's, uh, that's what happens when Womp Rats eat too many beans and stuff. Oh, oh I had a feeling. Oh. Sorry. Those, those poor miners. <laughs> wow. That must have been a ton of womp rats down there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're I, they're they're filling up the the, the planet or the, the asteroid or wherever wherever they are. Gotta uh, stop giving impressive. them them beans. Yeah. Uh, well, to to get us out of this, Stephen, would you like to do the coming up on the Clone Wars? I mean, coming up on I Cannon Podcast. I would be happy to. Although it, this is almost like coming up on Clone Wars, so it's gonna Kinda be season sorta. two, <laughs> episode fourteen, titled Homecoming. The synopsis. In need of a carrier to house their growing fleet, Hera must reluctantly reach out to her estranged father, Cham Syndulla, who fans first met in Star Wars The Clone Wars. Cham needs to help fight off the Imperial bombing attack on his planet, and the Rebels need the Imperial carrier. Coordinating on a plan to overtake and steal the carrier housing the bombers, our team discovers that Cham may have a plan of his own. Okay, I am very excited about this episode for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. One, yeah. with the return of Cham Syndulla from the Ryloth arc, which... By the way, that that Ryloth arc was, uh, I believe, the the first arc where we will we were all on the show together for We Talk Clones. Oh wow! Are you sure? Ryloth? Pretty. I'm pretty sure Ryloth is when we became at least regulars. The, the all the three of us became the regular set of hosts. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that was on how many? Off and on before that. Wow, that was how many years ago? Wow. Too many. Eight years. Yeah. Uh, and then. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's one reason why I'm very excited. We get more Champs and Dula. Two, mm-hmm. um, and also Numa is, gonna, is in this episode. Two, we get a backstory in Hera. And I'm really excited about the dynamic between Hera and her father based on the clips we've seen so far. It looks really cool. And, uh, you know, they, they have this... Uh, not quite hostile, but there, there's something happened that, that kind of made them a bit estranged. And, standoffish yeah and yet you know ezra kind of wants to help and we actually might get some backstory for chopper in this episode too like to see that because i think out of all the characters right now he's the one that does not have a backstory yeah and actually i think we'll be getting a lot of chopper in the next um in the next few or at least the rest of the season cool what, what do you, are you guys any I was, thoughts on there this was episode? one other thing i'm really excited for yes and so in Rebels Recon, you get the, you know, the, the teaser clip. And Hera has an amazing line with, like, as you know, we've lost a lot of pilots over the last couple of weeks. And I almost bust out laughing because, as we've talked about in the last, like, every single episode, oh, there goes another Rebel A-Wing. Oh, there goes another Rebel A-Wing. Oh, there go mm-hmm. two Rebel A-Wings. And half the time I've talked about, oh, we lost our, all the A-Wings in this, this you know, the squad uh, or whatever, so... You know, the they did lose a full squadron with the uh, the protector of Concord Dawn. Yeah. Yep. So, I yeah, very very interesting to see uh, what happens in this episode. I'm, I cannot wait. And this airs on uh, Wednesday night of this week. So Wednesday. In two days as we're recording this. 
And uh, expect our, our review to be up pretty early since uh, we all have a busy weekend. We're going to be recording a little bit earlier than normal. Uh, so mm-hmm. it should actually come up, be up hopefully Thursday night. So and just, just you only have to wait a couple days between episodes. Fingers crossed. Yeah. And for those of you looking for the rest of the season, it uh, looks like some of the episode titles have been released. Um, after Homecoming this week, we have Shroud of Darkness and then The Forgotten Droid. And then The Mystery of Chopper Base. Very interesting. Indeed. And then mm. two-part finale. Uh, it's going to be a, a whole, an hour-long episode for the, the season finale, and that's called Twilight of the Apprentice. There we go. Oh, now, wait, that's going to be the big that, one. Okay, now wait a minute. Here's the question on this aspect. Which Apprentice? Oh, this is... This Think is, of it that way. I mean, this mm. is, I think, that Darth Maul, Ahsoka, Darth Vader, Ezra, Kanan match Correct. we've all been waiting for. Oh, been waiting for yeah. this one, but but which which apprentice could fall if one falls? Ah, throw that one out there. If one, I mean, mm-hmm. if, one, if one has to fall, there's really only, I mean, Maul probably. Right. Um, yeah, but not again. I mean, they they've. I, I think the joke is they've resurrected this guy three times. Third time's a charm. <laughs> sure, but I, I don't think at this point they're going to kill off Ahsoka either. No. Um, so. But you never know. Yeah. yeah. It's a Twilight doesn't of the mean kill off. It just means potentially the end. So. Okay, mm-hmm. we'll throw this one out there. Could the Twilight make a comeback? Or did they blow up the Twilight? Uh, I thought the Twilight was destroyed, but, but maybe not. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Could always be rebuilt. Yeah. I think we better get out of here. <laughs> yep. Probably. Yeah. Well, as always, thank you for listening, and we'll be back in just a few days with another episode. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spinoff films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in contact with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production of fans by fans and is copyright 2015.